0: Good morning, class. Morning, Keith. Hello. I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is a place where our faith can be fed, our spirit can grow stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. It's God's plan for our life to be overcomers, not to be overcome with all the problems of life, not to be defeated but to be more than conquerors, victorious ones, because He's bigger, so much bigger. Greater is He that's in us than anything that is or could be against us. But our faith must be fed. You can be weak in faith, and when you're, in weak, in, when you're weak in faith, everything seems too big. Everything seems too hard, too impossible, too out of reach. But as your faith rises and becomes stronger, problems that used to seem to be insurmountable become easily overcome because of the one who's inside you. So I know that you, everybody, needs their faith fed. And I know you're ready to get another dose of faith, right, (laughs) by the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray and release faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we all together Uh, In this class and all around the world, we're asking you for utterance. We're asking you for the anointing. You know what we need the most right now. We're asking for that. And we purpose to follow through and hold on to it and do what you say. In Jesus' name, it'll be wonderful because you're faithful and good results will follow. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, turn in the textbook again. To scripture, we've been looking at all week, Genesis 15 and 5. Genesis 15 5. All this week, we've been talking about believing in the Lord. And we see Abraham doing just that in verse 5 when the Lord brought him out and showed him the stars of the sky and told him an amazing word. Verse 5, he, he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if you be able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your seed be. This is an amazing, amazing word. Uh, you and I are part of that uh, uncountable number. And it's multiplying today and will continue to do so. Uh, But back then, Abraham didn't know us, didn't see all that was going to happen with the coming of Jesus and and all of that. But God being a faith God required faith of his covenant friend. And he took him outside and he gave him a visual (laughs) and he said, uh, look at the stars, can you count them? And he couldn't. And the Lord said, that's how many offspring you'll have. You will have as many descendants as the stars of the sky. And he's expecting then a response from his man, from what he told him. And in verse six, his response is, and... He believed in the Lord. Just that quick, just that simple. Did he fully understand how that could come to pass? Not, not remotely. You know, it's similar to what happened with uh, uh, Mary, uh, the mother uh, of Jesus, that uh, the angel came and told her that the power of the highest was going to overshadow her. And she would conceive. Uh, Did she understand that? I mean, there was no precedent for this. uh, Because she asked, how can it be that I'm going to have a child and have never been with a man? And he said, the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. And she just says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Can you see the decision to believe? She just made a choice right there on the spot. Okay, if you say so, (laughs) right? Did she understand? No, everybody's still scratching their head to this day. How can that happen? It shouldn't be thought impossible with a God who created life, who created the body, who created the heavens and the earth, to say, uh, and you'll hear people say, well, I, I can't, you know, you're trying to tell me that a woman conceived a child with no human father. I just can't believe that. That just, you know, that defies scientific understanding. I can't believe that. No, 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 you said it wrong. You choose not to believe it. You could believe it if you would. Believing's a choice. She could, you see why God chose her instead of somebody else. Because even with, you know, Zacharias, when the Lord told him that he and Elizabeth was going to have a child, he didn't just immediately say what Mary did. He said, how's this going to be? You know, I'm old. My wife's old. And what's he doing? He's questioning it. And so uh, the angel told him, well, we're going to have to shut you up. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can see all you're going to do is talk on belief because you don't believe what I said, you know. So, believing is a choice. You can believe anything you choose to believe. You're smart if you believe the truth. And you're smart if you choose to quickly and completely believe the Lord. And uh, again and again, because of our limited experience, our limited understanding, it won't seem feasible. It won't seem possible. As he's looking up into the night sky, how in the world could somebody that's getting too old to have a child, uh, his wife couldn't conceive when she was young, how can that be? I'm going to have as many descendants as the stars of the sky? See, you can get in your head, you can reason, you can rationalize, and while you're wondering, you're doubting. And people don't realize that, and I'm sure all of us have done some of this, but while you're vacillating, while you're wavering, while you're questioning, you're not just questioning, can this be? You're questioning the one who said it. Can you see this? You are slow. You're questioning his character. You're questioning his veracity. You're questioning is love for you, you're questioning his ability. You're questioning him, which is why the Bible said, Abraham believed in the Lord. He believed in him, Like the Spirit of God said through Paul in the New Testament, I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him against that day, Not, not just what I believe, in whom. You'll hear a lot of people talk today about what they believe. What are your beliefs? And there are a myriad of different sets of beliefs. But that's not how we should see it. Who do we believe in? It's not just what. We believe anything He says. (laughs) Not just anything we've already heard. But if He says it, coming from Him... We don't need to know anything. We don't need to be able to see it, understand it. We choose to trust Him. Go with me, if you would, over to uh, the book of John, the 20th chapter. We also saw previously this week that there are two different kinds of unbelief. We saw in 1 Timothy 1.13... Paul said he, got, he obtained mercy of the Lord for what he did before he was born again, persecuting the church, because he said he did it ignorantly in unbelief. There's an unbelief that's the result uh, of ignorance, not just simply not knowing. But in Hebrews 3, and you'll see it in other places as, as well, he cautioned and said, don't harden your heart and don't have an evil heart of unbelief like they had, talking about the first generation of Israelites that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, uh, like we read in Numbers, though they had seen so many miracles, they still, every time something came up, they didn't believe. They were quick to doubt, quick to question, quick to analyze, to rationalize, uh, but not quick to believe. In uh, John 20, you can see how this can happen to any of us if you let it. John 20, down about verse 24, Jesus, at this point in the account, has been raised from the dead. And uh, some of the women saw him, ran back and told the other disciples, but initially they didn't believe it. Then two men that were walking along the road, Jesus came and walked up with them, and talked with them for some time, and and then they ran back and told uh, the rest of the people, the rest of the guys and disciples, and they didn't believe them either. And uh, uh, then Jesus, you know, appeared to some of the other guys, but verse 24 said, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Verse 25 the other disciples therefore came to him and said they said we have seen the lord but he said to them except i shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side i will not believe notice he did, he said it right he didn't say i can't believe <laughs> What did he say? (laughs) I will not believe. And in fact, if you look up the the Greek words that's translated in the English here, it is a double negative here. A strengthening of the denial. Literally meaning, not at all, no, never. (laughs) It's even stronger than it comes out in the English. But I think a modern equivalent in our phraseology would be no how, no way. (laughs) No way, no how, no never. In fact, about a half a dozen other translations, including Amplified, say, I will never believe it. I will never believe it. The Weast says, I will positively not believe it. And the reason they, they use these terms is because the, in the original, it's a no-no, it's a double negative. The, the complete Jewish says, I refuse to believe it. Now, let's read it again and, and, and hear, hear what he said. They, they, they told him, we've seen the Lord. Now, let's back up a little bit. The women have told him they they saw him. The two said they saw him. Some of the other disciples now have said, we saw him. And he told them himself he was going to rise from the dead right after the third day. So what's going on here? Thomas is not a bad guy. Right? He's one of the 12. Right? He's not a bad guy. He's a good guy. But today, in this situation, he is going the wrong way. And he is choosing to be unpersuadable. Come on, can you see this? Unpersuadable. This is not ignorance anymore. He said, they've said, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, except I shall see in his hands, the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will never believe it. I positively will not believe it. I refuse to believe it. (laughs) One reason I'm reading this is because if Thomas can do this, other good people can do this, right? This is not just that he was a bad man. He's one of the 12. He's a good guy. And if you read later, verse 26, after eight days again, so more than a week later, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them, this time, thankfully. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Well, (laughs) Thomas is looking at him, (laughs) right? (laughs) He's looking at him. And then he says to Thomas, reach your finger over here. There's my hand. Okay, put your finger in there. How many think Thomas might have been a little bit reluctant? He was like, (laughs) why? (laughs) Because he heard what he said (laughs) when he didn't didn't know he was there. How many know the Lord hears what we say even when we're not aware that he's there? verbatim, he's saying, reach hither your finger and and behold my hand, reach hither your hand, thrust it into my side. Then he looks at him and says, don't be faithless, but believing. Now again, if Thomas couldn't help it, this wouldn't be fair for the Lord to say this to him. Right? Right? If Thomas just simply was unable to believe in something that nobody had heard of happening before, uh, but it wasn't. Others had already decided they believed, like John, right? Before he saw the Lord. Uh, I, I hold John in high esteem because, you know, when everybody else ran away, he went right on up to the in the courtroom with Jesus, you know that? Everybody else was gone. He was right there by the cross, man. Yes. You know, you, you know he, he figured like the others, his life could have been in danger. That's Jesus looked down from the cross and said, behold your mother, mother, behold your son. He took Jesus' mother home with him, took care of her. And apparently he was one of the very first to believe not having seen. Mm-hmm. The women saw him right? And they believed. The two guys saw him. They believed. John, all he had seen was the empty tomb and the cloths and heard what they had said. And he just made the choice. That's it. Jesus told us this before he left. It is true. He is risen from the dead. He believed it before he saw. And this pleases the Lord. It pleases him. When you take him at his word and require no other exterior Uh, evidence, he said, don't be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. So he did make the choice to believe after he's holding his hand, (laughs) got his hand stuck up in his side. It would be pretty bad if you don't believe to this point, right? <laughs> Seeing's not believing. Seeing is not believing. But uh, you can be slow to believe. You can be quick to believe. And the more you have to see and experience to believe, the less it pleases the Lord. Especially people like a lot of us that have walked with the Lord for a while. And the Lord has answered how many prayers and done how many things for us and met our needs and healed our bodies. Uh, And and for us then, when something comes up for us to be slow, isn't it something how you can have been healed 400 times in your life and you have some kind of physical issue come up and the enemy will come and say, you ain't going to get healed this time. You're not, you're not going to get it this time. The Lord could have met your needs and caused the money come in that you need and pay your bills a thousand times. But the thousand and first time you need something, what will happen? The enemy will come and go, ah, no way, no how. You're not going to get it. You know, oh, you're going under this time. He, he's, he plays the same old tune because it's, it's, too, it's entirely too effective with most folks. But after having seen the Lord, do it again and again. We should be believing before, you know, we hear the, the rest of the need be explained. Amen. Right? Amen. We're going to need X amount before they even tell you the rest of it. You're thinking, won't be a problem. You're all right. God God has met our needs the last thousand times. He's fa- Somebody say, quick to, quick, quick to believe. Quick to believe. When it comes to the Lord and his word and his things, there is zero reason for us to doubt, for us to question, for us to analyze. We just believe first, then we see, then we understand as it unfolds. He said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, why? That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to the book of, we're already in the book of John, but uh, back up with me to John, the... uh, Eighth chapter. And I want to talk for a minute, and this is this is sobering and it's serious, but we need to talk about it. I want to talk about the sin that will send you to hell. This is something a lot of people don't like talking about nowadays, but you need to talk about it because it's truth. It's Bible. I am. Uh, I had a fellow that was doing some contract work for the ministry one time, and he was, uh, uh, he's using some bad language, and he was uh, smoking a lot, and he was doing some things, and he, and he saw me come up, and he started apologizing for it, and, and uh, I said, listen, I said, uh, I said, did you know that nobody's in hell for drinking, or drugging, or cussing, or adultery, or murder? He looked at me astounded. He said, really? I said, nobody. Nobody's in hell for that. I said, the the thing that will prevent people from going to heaven is not believing in Jesus. Not believing in what he has done. Not accepting it. Not receiving it. People get hung up on all these other things, you know. And, and those things are bad and they hurt other people. But all of our sins have been laid on him. Right? right. He, has, he took them upon himself. He was judged in our place. So then after he's paid the price for people's sins and everybody's sins, how could then people wind up separated from him in hell? Listen to these scriptures. In John, well, actually, let's back up to John 3. 17, John 3, you know, 16, 17, and 18, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Verse 17, John 3, 17, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But will there be people who are condemned and judged? The very next verse says, he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed. In the name, see, in him, believed in him and in his name and who he is and what he is of the only begotten son of God. Verse 36, John three 36, I'm reading the Young's literal translation. It says, he who's believing in the son has life age during. He who is not believing the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God does remain on him. If you don't accept Jesus, if you don't believe in Jesus, the wrath of God is impending, judgment. Verse uh, John 8:24. We're reading scriptures now in the New Testament. John 8:24. Jesus said, "I said therefore to you, you will die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins." If you die in your sins, you're not saved. You're lost. Some say, well, how could you die in your sins when Jesus already paid for your sins? Because you didn't receive it. You didn't choose to believe it and choose to receive it. That's the sin that'll cause you to wind up in hell. In uh, John 16, you see it very clearly here. When the Holy Spirit is come, John 16, 8, he will reprove the world of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment. But then verse 9, very specifically, when it says he he will reprove or convince the world of sin, of sin because of what? Because they believe not on me. That's the sin. Not all the other stuff that people talk about. People say, "Oh, they've been mean. They've done this. They've lied. They've stole. They cheated. They killed. They murdered. They're going to hell for sure. Not if they believe in Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Not if they, well, they've been a good person, you know. So they they've done a lot of good works. They'll go to heaven for sure. Not if they hadn't believed on Jesus. Right. Hmm. Amen. Not if they hadn't believed on Jesus. Right. The sin that'll cause you to be lost is choosing." Not to believe on Him, refusing to believe on Him and accept Him and what He's done. Aren't you glad you have made the choice? Amen. Huh? Yes. To believe on Him. We don't know who's watching today. And so I want to take this opportunity right now to lead you into faith in Him. And it's not some hard thing, it's just a choice, a, deci- a decision. The Bible says that God sent Jesus, He took our place, He died on the cross, all of our sins came on Him, He became sin with our sin and died and went to the heart of the earth, was judged for it, but was raised from the dead for our justification. If you believe that and receive that, it's not based on how good you think you are, how bad you think you are, it's completely based on what He has done for us. But you must believe it, you must receive it, or elsewise you die in your sins. Let me lead you in a prayer of faith, a confession of faith, class join in, and everybody either affirm or reaffirm your faith in Jesus today. Said out loud Father God, Father God, I believe in you, I believe in, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus. That, he that He did come, He did die on the cross. He did pay for all my sins. I believe you've raised him from the dead and he is alive. King of kings, Lord of lords. I choose to believe it. I believe in you. I believe in him. And I confess Jesus, Lord of my life. Hallelujah. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Well, if you did that and you meant it and you don't change, you won't die in your sins. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and we'll all see each other in heaven. Hallelujah. In eternity future. Praise God. Well, that's it again for faith school time. Say out loud like we do. I live by faith. I walk by faith. We overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. We'll see you next time in Faith School.